This episode is brought to you by Ticker. Ticker Ticker.com is focused on bringing institutional-level investment research to you, the individual investor. Ticker.com is powered by S&P Global Capital IQ and has coverage of over 50,000 stocks globally with financial data, estimates, valuation metrics, ownership percentages, transcript filings, news, and more. ValueHive listeners can join Ticker's free beta trial today at ticker.com forward slash hive. That's T-I-K-R dot com forward slash hive. All right, guys, I've got the privilege of talking with arguably one of the most unique guests we've ever had on the show, and it is Nick Lentz. He was a former UFC fighter, I believe in the lightweight division. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, And he generated a 30 and 12 record uh, at the time that he was fighting. He was, he was one of the best in the UFC and you might think, why am I interviewing Nick on the show? This is an investing slash, you know, uh, you know, basically an investing show, but Nick actually has a side hobby that's turned into a full-time passion of trading derivatives, options, um, technicals and all that good stuff. So there's so much to learn from someone like Nick who didn't come from a conventional background, far from it. And I'm so psyched to have you on the show. So Nick, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Anytime, anytime. So in a prior life, uh, you are recently retired, but you were a UFC fighter. So talk to us about how you got into that from, from the start was, was, was fighting something that, you know, came naturally to you or did it evolve? Well, I don't know if it came naturally to me. You know, when I was younger, fighting wasn't really a big deal yet. You know, I've been fight, I've fought for, or as a professional for 15 years. So, you know, 15 years ago, MMA wasn't really a big thing, but right. um, I, I, I grew up uh, kind of a poor kid. I fought all the time, like when I was younger, just because this is a rough neighborhood. So I, I did fight a lot as a kid, but um, I actually moved away from my mom and I moved with my dad when I got a little older, when I got in high school. And my father, uh, seeing that I was kind of a, a uneducated, uh, hard-nosed kid, you know, but not really that mm-hmm. tough, yeah, I uh, got me into wrestling. And so I started wrestling in high school. Um, I obviously sucked at it. People in Minnesota from, I moved from Texas to Minnesota. There's no wrestling in Texas in Minnesota. People wrestle from birth. So, so, so uh, those guys were really good and I was really bad, but, but um, a couple a year later, I became like the team captain. And then I became like one of the best in the state. And then I got recruited to wrestle at the university of Minnesota. And I went to the university of Minnesota. It was one of the best wrestling teams in the world are in, in the collegiate, uh, athletics and it was just something about college that like I didn't I didn't like like mm-hmm. it just seemed um, it just seemed like such you know, I don't want to swear or anything but like such bull no, crap you, you know like yeah no you can go like like it, like it like it like it didn't it didn't it didn't really make sense to me like like I didn't respect my professors I didn't really feel mm-hmm. like I was learning anything and I you know I say I I like I was just a kid. So like, I'm not having a midlife crisis, but I really didn't know what I was going to do. Right. Right. Because, cause like, like finishing college just seemed, uh, it seemed dumb to me. Like, like I seemed like I was wasting my time. I was wasting, you know, some of my money, some of my parents' money. And so, uh, and, and I loved wrestling, but I didn't really fit in with wrestlers. So like I, like in, in high school and stuff, I never had athletes as friends. Uh, um, I was always, you know, I was at the, the Dungeons and Dragon table, the, the playing Starcraft and things like this. So, yeah. so I never really fit in with the athletes and um, it got even worse in college. So, 
So I didn't really fit in anywhere. And um, somehow, I don't even remember how exactly, but someone said I should try a fight. And I went out and tried it. And I knocked the dude out in like 30 seconds. And I was like, okay, well, that was kind of cool. You know, they paid me 500 bucks to knock this dude out. So I was like, okay, let's try it again. And, and, then, and then I knocked that dude out and I tried it again. I knocked that guy out and I tried it again. I knocked that guy out and I did it five times. And I said, well, you know, this might be better than going to finish college. And, and I, I dropped everything and I became, I tried to become a professional fighter. Wow. So that's, so, how, that's how I got into fighting. So you mentioned that you had no wrestling experience whatsoever but then you managed to get a spot on one of the best collegiate teams in the country clearly there's some there's some inner drive there so what what made you go from not knowing much not being a good wrestler to then flipping that switch because this is something that's a theme in your life which will carry over into ufc and it'll also carry over into your trading so maybe if we can kind of pull at a thread that started back in college uh so what do you mean? Like, like just how, how I got good at it quickly? Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, like because obviously it takes some sort of drive, some sort of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, there's probably a variety of things. I mean, one, I'm probably not totally sane, you know, like I, I'm a very obsessive person. So when I want to be good at something, I dedicate like an obscene amount of time to it. So when I started wrestling, um, uh, I talked to my dad and um, we would get up at 4 30 in the morning and we would go to the gym and then we'd lift weights and then i would do my cardio then i would come home i'd get ready for school i'd go to school then i'd go wrestle at after school was over and then i would go and i would catch a bus a city bus to go to a different training program and then wrestle again until about like seven or eight o'clock and then i would go home and go to sleep and i would start all over so that's how i got good at wrestling that's also how i learned to despise wrestling so yeah. So, so, and led to me becoming a professional fighter. So, you know, things work out, but, but um, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think there's a little, uh, I have deep drive, you know, I, I'm obviously, I'm obviously to be a good athlete, you have to be, you have to be born genetically gifted at some, some uh, thing. I don't, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm the fastest person or I hit the hardest, but I am, I do have unnatural strength. Um, I am a very strong person, just naturally. I don't really lift weights or anything, but um, but you know, I'm a, I'm very strong. I'm very a- athletic in that way, so that helped in my right. wrestling career. And then um, and then yeah, I have I have I have a touch of of insanity where it's just like I can get very obsessive and I can do the same thing over and over and over again until I get the desired result. So that that led to great things in my uh, professional career. Um, not so good in my personal life. You know, I fall right. off with a lot of people, um, you know, like uh, I've lost a lot of friends just because I get so focused on, on, on an idea and like the rest of the world disappears. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've had to learn as I gotten older. I've gotten a lot better at it now, but when I was younger, like it was even worse. Like I was just, if I wanted to do something, I could, I could, I could wake up three months later and like, and and have only done that thing so Hmm. i believe that's that's part of it but and then um just wanting to be good you know and um when i was younger i was uh uh uh, i grew up in an unfortunate situation so like i was very poor um i saw my mom get beat up by her husband he beat me up and stuff like that too so i knew that whatever i did i wasn't going back to that 
So, so, so there's always, there's always in the back of my mind, like the scared little kid back there that says, we don't want to go back to that world. Yeah. And so I work extremely hard to never do that. Just subconsciously there's, it's like, it's like, I don't want to go back to that. So, hmm. so I know what that's like. I know I don't want to be there. And so I think that's been also a driver in me just being obsessively about uh, working, you know, kind of that survival mechanism kicking in. Yeah. And it's almost the fear of your previous life is more of a driver than any positive motivation of what you could achieve if you get to that result. Or maybe you know, it's probably, it's probably, well, I don't think, a, I don't, it's probably I don't, I don't think both. it's that way. I don't think it's that way anymore, but I think it started yes. that way. So when I right. was younger, that's exactly, that's exactly what it was. You know, I was insecure. Yep. Yep. I didn't want to go back to where I was. So I worked mm -hmm. extremely hard to be good at something. So I didn't have to. Yeah. And you see, you see, you see a lot of that in some of the world's best athletes and performers. Um, and it, it makes me wonder if this idea of being just a little bit insane, whether it's, whether it's in UFC, whether it's in investing or trading, it's almost as a part of me thinks that you have to have some element of that insanity, you know, maybe, maybe insanity is the wrong word. Cause it gives people the, yeah, you know, yeah, a yeah. bad, a bad idea, but yeah. I think you have to have some level of obsessiveness to be, to be the best, right? Like you don't step into an octagon and you can immediately tell, I guess, from, 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 from your point of view, you can immediately tell the people that really are obsessive about it versus the people that kind of coast through it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Especially I'm a coach now, you know, so, so I mm -hmm. see every day, you know, I see guys that come in that just don't have it, that, that don't have that ability. And I see guys that come in that, that do, you know? So yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely, almost all the most successful people I know are a little, um, I don't know what you'd say, you know, esoteric, crazy yeah. kind, of, kind of people, you know? Esoteric's a nice way of putting it. Because <laughs> in my head, I was just thinking off the walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but no. Um, so, okay. So then let's, let's backtrack. You were, you, you were in college getting paid $500 to knock people out. Did you have any boxing experience at this time when you were fighting or was it just, you know, you were throwing haymakers and, and. No, and no, no. I mean, I mean, I, I, I hit decently hard and you know i wasn't yeah. fighting like the best competition for 500 yeah. bucks so so i would just hit them and then they and then i would double leg them down to the ground and keep beating on them you know so i i yeah. used my wrestling ability but you know like uh yeah i just i i just swung for the fences and then i usually would hurt them and then i'd take them down and then i beat them up <laughs> you know it's really that simple <laughs> yeah right right all right so walk us through then the transition between those fights in college where you were getting paid 500 bucks to then now you're stepping into the big leagues with the ufc and trying to compete on the largest fighting arena in the world how did how did how did that happen well i mean it, first of all it was a slow process it took like five years before i even got close to it you know i almost like you know i was living on nothing you know, all the mm. time I was very, I didn't have any money. I didn't, uh, I, w I certainly wasn't able to pay most of my bills or anything. You know, I met my wife and she helped me out, you know, she, she was my girlfriend then, but you know, she sort of helped me out. And, um, I just, I don't know. I just decided when I quit college that fighting was the only thing that, that I was going to do, you know what I mean? And I just, I just, decided like I just like like I I hadn't I I burned every bridge possible and and there was only one way out and it was to get to the UFC and it was to it was to make a career for myself you know and um that's what I did and then finally I got the call I got a short notice call to to step in against one of the best guys in the world 
at the time one of the best up and comers and uh i went in there and beat him and that's how i got my job so 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 and uh you know i i was in the ufc for 11 years and um i just recently retired you know um i i i don't know if i would i probably would have retired in a year or two probably mm-hmm. but i actually got my i I got poked in the eye in one of my fights, I read about fights, that. and um, yeah, I ended up I ended up losing a, a significant uh, amount of my vision. So wow. this I I, I had uh, this last fight I had um, you know I, I sort of fudged some of my eye exams and stuff, and and uh, and I went in there and and, and uh, I did okay, you know it was pretty close. It was a split decision. I, I lost by a split decision against you know one of the one of the top guys in the world right now, you know undefeated superstar guy coming up and um it was it's like i could fight but 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 i i have like 50 percent of my vision so wow. it got it was a little it was a little um stressful you know um you almost didn't, you almost lost that eye though correct yeah 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 definitely um uh i actually ended up uh all the nerves in in the in my eye they don't work correctly so my eye can't move so oh. So that's why, so I have insane double vision in a large section of uh, how I see things. Cause our eyes, you know, your, your, your eyes see different things. And if the, your eyes don't move exactly together, um, you see the two things they don't, your brain can't meld them together. So then you have double vision. And so unfortunately uh, my, my left eye, I can't see, I, it can't go down all the way and it can't go to the right all the way. So in, anything underneath, like sort of like underneath my nose, I see double. And if I look to the right, I see double. So, so um, it's like, it, I would probably be a better fighter if I cut the eye out because then, then like if the guy right. ducked this way, yeah, you know, I'm like closing my eye, like people can see it on the podcast, but, oh, but, but, yeah. but, but if, if they duck this way, I see two people, you know? So it's like, it would probably be better to just see one person, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, so, so when you were fighting in that most recent fight where you fudged kind of the eye exams or whatever, were you seeing two fighters at once at certain points? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I see I, I, my whole life. It will be like that from now on anything that is uh, sort of outside of my direct straight line of vision is double so um well yeah that's just this is it's just a uh, part of life it's an unfortunate accident um it was uh it was frustrating to deal with but uh it is what it is you know yes yeah. i mean i saw pictures I, I saw pictures and i was doing research for this and the 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 photo was just nasty so i can't even imagine like living through that must be like i mean i'm getting i'm getting tingles on the back just just like thinking about how nasty because i stuff like when it's close to your face man at least for me like i start freaking out like i could have a yeah, knee yeah. like get sprained or whatever and you know obviously we're on two different fields here but like if i sprain my knee i'm like ah oh, it's kind of far away i can still do other stuff but if it's up close yeah. like eyes or teeth or something like that man i start freaking out yeah yeah, I mean it's 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 uh it was it was stressful to say the least yeah. when it happened, you know. And when it actually happened in originally, I got a a, a pretty crazy eye surgery. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's 20 times better than it was. So yeah. it was my whole field of vision was double. Wow. So no matter where I looked, I had insane double vision and uh, on and then um I got the surgery with the intention that if the surgery didn't work, cause it, there's a, there's a, a, a large possibility that it didn't work at all. Then yeah. I would have just removed the eye 
because yeah. seeing one thing is like half of you know right. things is better than seeing two of everything you know yeah. so so yeah but but the, but the surgery did enough to where in my everyday life I don't really notice it anymore mm -hmm. like like I, I but obviously when I'm fighting somebody it made it a little difficult so so just continuing that and 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 you know I have other talents so I figured, you know, getting my brain beat in, I use my brain in the market and stuff. So I should probably protect it a little bit. And it's yeah. already dangerous enough to fight with two eyes. And now I got one. So it's like, uh, and maybe right. it's time to, maybe it's time to call it quits, you know? And, uh, yeah. And I did. So, so, so yeah, you know, on to the next phase. Wow. I mean, whenever, so I just started getting into UFC, um, probably a year ago, maybe. And, um, you know, I'll watch it every Saturday night with my, with a, with a, with a couple of my guy friends. And, um, one of the questions I always have is, is, you know, for, for, for guys starting their first fights, like, were you nervous at all? Like, or was it, you know, like stepping into that octagon and seeing somebody that on the other side wants to destroy you for all yeah. intents and purposes? Like, is, 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 is there any sort of like intense butterflies or does all that, or, you know, does all that happen before the fight? And then once you're in, once they close the gates, you just kind of go into this mode where it's, it's, it's execution and, and kind of fight mode. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say most of the nervousness is, is just about failure. You know, it's just about, mm. um, it's just about, um, am I going to win? Am I going to be able to, to do this? Am I going to be able to take care of my family? You know, am I, am I, am I, is my career going to go in the right direction? You know, it's a very nerve wracking sport and, you know, fighting is, is extremely nervous. You know, you're nervous the whole week, you know, I trained for, for, two months at least for every fight and the whole time I'm nervous, you know, but am I nervous about fighting? No, of course not. You know, I ha I've had 50 of these things, you yeah, know, it's all, you know, it's all like, the external like stuff, all the, all yeah, the, yeah, all the stuff it, that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really worried about the injuries or the fighting itself. Hmm. I, I I'm just worried about the fear of, of failing, you know, cause I work so yeah. hard to not, right. So, so that would be the only thing that I actually fear the, the fight itself. Like when I'm in there, like, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I have my official record is not even all my fights. I mean, I have 50, 60 fights. So, so, you know, like there's no, there is nothing that can happen to me in a fight that I, I haven't already had happen. So, right. so, yeah. so, so I, 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 that, so fighting itself doesn't scare me at all. You know, I would fight anybody, you know, yeah. why, why not? You know, like, I mean, yeah. I would, but, but the fear of failure is obviously that, that that's the worst. Yeah. How's your body holding up these days? I feel like with all those fights, I mean, is it, you know, is it, is it hard getting up or are you, you know, you still feel pretty loose? No, I feel great. I feel great. I mean, besides my eyes sucking, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel, I feel fine. You know, like, um, that's probably one of the, there's a, like I said, to be a professional athlete, you know, it's a, it's a unforgiving thing you know like like there's certain jobs that just require certain things and um mm -hmm. uh you have to have good genetics you have to have good genetics to be a fighter like there's no yeah. two ways about that and you and so what uh, a couple of things i have is i i am very strong um my i heal very fast you know like a mm -hmm. lot of people say like like the, the like if i get cut it's healed within a couple of days you know wow. so it's not like i like i have an abnormal ability to heal and um, I was born with a granite chin, so I can get hit really hard and not get knocked out. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm 50 fights. I, I got knocked out once. So, wow. so, so, um, 
That must have been a hard ass yeah. punch to get knocked out with that granite chin. <laughs> nah, it wasn't even that hard. It was just, it was just, it just caught me, you know. It was just a good yeah. one. It was just a really good one. So, so, but um, yeah, like uh, yeah, I would say I would say my body has held up well. I mean, the eye injury is well, obviously good. horrendous. So yeah, but my actual body is fine. Well, good. At what point? does this obsession or does this interest in markets start playing into your life? I mean, I know that you said that you've got skills and you've got passions outside. One of which, I mean, you're, you're an excellent trader. And just from, from, from some of the stories we're going to talk about, when did trading start becoming a part of your life? Well, um, one of the things that I, because, because I'm, I was so obsessive in my fighting career. One of the thing problems that I always had was overtraining. So, so athletics, there's, 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 there's a, a definite cutoff in how much you can train. Right. And I was training like six, eight, 10 hours a day. And my, and now like my body was just collapsing. And by the time I got to the fight, even though I was winning these fights, I was like one tenth of the guy that I was before the fight started. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, like I was going in so, so uh, mentally and physically wore out because I was just training too much. So mm-hmm. I needed hobbies. Right. I needed hobbies. Well, the problem when you're obsessive and, 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 and you get a hobby, now you got to be the best at the damn hobby. And so, <laughs> and, and so, and so I started playing, I, I played video games my whole life. You okay. know, like I said, when I was, when I was young, um, uh, I didn't go to school for a long time when I was young. Cause I was weird situation. You know, I take care of my mm-hmm. sisters and stuff, my yep. sister and brother, but, um, uh, I actually learned to read. I learned, um, how to do most things by playing video games. Wow. So, so like I would play RPGs at, at the neighbor's house cause they, they had uh, old school RPGs, you know, and that that's how I learned how to read. And so and after I learned how to read and stuff like that, just be, playing video games became a part of my life. Right. And when I became a fighter, I started playing games like Starcraft and stuff. And, and one day I was playing Starcraft and I was like, I was, I was like ranked in, in, on the ladder in the world, you know, I'm in like the wow. top 200 players and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, and I played for like eight hours that day. And I just stopped one day and I was just like, what the, what am I doing? <laughs> like, like <laughs> what, what, what on earth is going to be accomplished by this? Like, I don't want to be a professional gamer. I'm a professional fighter. Right. And right. I don't have the skills to be a professional gamer anyways, but I'm just right. saying, like, I was like, I was like, I was like, I need to do my hobby. Right. But, but I want to, I want to do something that, that I can stay engaged with and can test my mind, but that um, can, 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 can make me money. Yeah. And so I, so I thought, I thought, well, maybe the stock market can do that, you yeah. know? And I so, mean, so then, so th- so then I decided like, Hey, well, let's try it out. You know, let's, let's see, let's see what we can do. So when you, again, with this, with this obsessive personality, you did a podcast with, I think Tesla charts, and you said that you studied yeah. eight hours a day, every day to learn how the stock, how the stock market worked. So what was your kind of yeah. self-education through that process? Oh man. I mean, I studied so many useless things. 
You know what I mean? Like, like, I, I, I mean, the first book I ever read was like that, that motivational speaker guy, like he wrote like a book, I can't think of his name, but he wrote like Tony money Robbins. or something. It's about how, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like about index funds and crap, you know, like literally everything in that book is like the exact opposite of what I do all day right. in yeah. the market. Right. It's complete garbage, you know? So, so like, like you can't beat the market. You can't do this. You just got to buy an index fund. And, and, you know, then I started, I, I just read every book I could, you know, so, and I, I, audio books and stuff. I, when I first started, audio books weren't as big. So it was hard to get some of these, these books on audio books and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, I just read a lot of books, you know, I read every Peter Lynch book that's ever been George Soros book. Um, I read like, you know, technical analysis books. I read fundamental books. I read, mm-hmm. I, 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 I tried to learn everything possible. And so I like, it, it wasn't efficient. I'll tell you that, but I, but I, hmm. but I studied us a, a, a lot and I just tried to learn as much as I could. Yeah. And through this process, I mean, you ended up learning enough to take a $10,000 stake. And according to the interview, which like when I was listening to it, I had to rewind. Cause I'm like, how much did this guy turn $10,000 into? I believe you went from $10,000. You ran it up to 200,000. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you said that your process was super inefficient yet you go from 10, 10 K to 200 K, um, you know, self-teaching what, what kind of trades were you doing? What was, what was your strategy? I mean, were you just kind of shooting from the hip or, I mean, it's, I mean, you have to do something right to go from 10,000 to 200. Well, that's not exactly true. I mean, like, you know, like, like the stock market pays fools all the time. Like that's, that's a good point. Do it. If, if, if you just came into the market and it just stole your money like right away. Like it didn't even give you a hint of success, right? Nobody would do it, right? Yeah, like like it's worse. It's like it's like it's like a drug. It it get, it pays you, you know. And mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you exactly how I did it. I just was reckless. I I I took extreme risks, right? So so I would take all the money, I would put it in one trade, and that trade did well. And then I would take all that money that I got plus the profit. And then I would put it in another trade and then I traded well. And that worked like three or four times in a row, you know, wow. where, where, where I had insane profits. And then, you know, now I was sitting on, you know, 60, $70,000. And then I was able to, to, to start, to start maneuvering that around, you know? And, um, and then um, it like, you know, I, I thought I knew what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like, like, like I just, I just was bold. You know, I, I had a prediction. I was like, in my head, I was like, I think this is a good idea. And instead of being like, oh, I'm going to bet a hundred dollars on it. I'm like, fuck it. I'm betting 70, <laughs> you know, I'm betting 70 <laughs> grand on it. And, 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 and it worked, you mm-hmm. know, it worked for a long time and, and this can happen in the market. You know, I, I got lucky. I got lucky yeah. at first though. So, so that's what happened. You know, I just, I, I was extremely reckless on risk, but I, I had, I, I was, I was, I had strong resolve in, in uh, what, what I was doing. So were know, these, I don't even, were these I, like, I tell you the truth. Like, I don't, I don't even remember a lot of the trades. Cause like, I was, yeah. Cause I was, I was, I was, just, I was, I was I, just about to ask like, were they calls? Were they equities or, you know, were you just basically putting everything into like a breakout or was it just based on, you know what? I think this is going to go up. It was just, I think it's going to go up, man. That's Amazing. what I was doing. Yeah. I was just, I was just like, I, I think this is going to go up and, um, and, and, and it did. So, so, so like I, I, I held no, like the first years of trading, I did exceptionally well, you know, exceptionally yeah. well. And, and I, most of that luck 
you know, most of it luck. But Do you think, but I, but I am, but I am semi gifted at, at seeing certain kinds of patterns and stuff. Hmm. So, so I believe that like, I, I was able to do that. And then early, early in the stocks, you know, as you get better at stocks, you actually get like, let you get, as you get better at trading, not stocks, cause I don't even trade stocks really. But, but as you get better at trading, um, that, that boldness goes away a little bit. And that's, that's hmm. something that, that you have to fight against because you know, that there's some, there's, there's something good about that in a way, you know, did you ever think about quitting the UFC after going from 10,000 to 200,000? It seems like an easier way of making money than, you know, trying not to get punched in the face or strength, you know, choke old. <laughs> well, I mean, no, because number one, I'm good at fighting. I like fighting and I was getting mm -hmm. paid a decent amount to do it. And yeah. then also, um, trading is stressful, bro. Like, like yeah. I know, I know, I know yeah. fighting stressful, man. Fucking trading, <laughs> trading was stressful, you know, and, and especially when you're betting money like that, yeah. you know, and, and I didn't, I didn't even have any real big drawdowns until my first big drawdown. I got this idea. Like I, like, cause I was on such a roll. I was like, I was starting to buy like, like just, you know, the garbage, garbage stocks. Right. And, and so I, I decided that I was going to buy like the, the offshore drillers, right? Nice. They have been down Solid. for so fucking long, right? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm gonna buy these fucking offshore drillers. I'm gonna quadruple my money, you know? Like, I, yep. I'm gonna do this, right? You know, just just the garbage stocks like the like Transocean and I think mm -hmm. there's one like Val, I think it was called VAL or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. All, but, but I bought a ton of those, and that shit got cut in half in a second. Like, like yeah. that was my first. That was my first big loss, right? Right. Mm. And and I was like holy crap like i just lost half my money and you know i was betting it all so so i was yeah. like i just lost half the money right i was like i wow. was like what do i do and then this this shows you like how even nuts i was i had learned what a call option was so then i took it all and i was like well these have been going down too long so i took i took all the money out of the market and i put it in one call option in rig and Amazing. it tripled the next day Amazing. Wall Street bets so. will crown you as their king. <laughs> and then from that day forward, then I was like, I'm never trading the stock again. And I traded options right. since. Wow. <laughs> I think I think at this point in the podcast, it's 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 prevalent to say that none of this is investment advice. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> That's Don't amazing. do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> do you think so? This is this is obviously an interesting question because Part of me thinks there's no way that you would rather have started out any anywhere other than immediate success. But at the same time, there's so much value in starting off losing. That way you can learn. But I mean, there's part of you that goes 10,000 to 200,000. Like you said, you're able to pay off some of your bills or you're able to buy some hard assets. There's a value in even, even if you get lucky, there's value in having so much good happen at the beginning. But do you ever think that you know, looking, looking from a 30,000 foot perspective, going, going to today where you've got all these traders with their stimulus checks, just flying into the market. Like, do you think actually getting, you know, beaten up to use kind of a fighting term is actually a better thing at the, at the, at the start for traders? Well, I don't think, I don't think it's better. I think success is better, but I think, I think success with a little bit of humility. And one of the mm -hmm. things that I, that I always had, um, was I had the humility to know that even though I felt like I was really smart and I felt like I was doing good, that um, I could lose it all, right? Yeah. And and so 
And so I, I, I round when, when I got to like the, the 200 and something thousand mark, I, I took it all out and I bought, I bought cars and I bought a house and, and I did it that way. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't have the illusion that I was going to turn the 200 into a million. Right. Right. I didn't have that illusion that, that like, I was like going to do this right. Like I, I knew that I was just learning. I knew that like, that I had got lucky in a lot of situations. And, and, um, and I knew that, 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 that once the market gave me that money, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to let them take it back. And so, right. and so, and so um, that was my saving grace because the next real drawdown that I had in the market, um, I got smashed, but I only had mm-hmm. like 10 grand in there. So who cares? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> do, you think, so. do you think having that success financially made you a better fighter in the sense of there's less stress from the winnings of the fights coming in because you were making some income on the side? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it helped a little bit, but I, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know if it, the money in the stock market, I don't really look as like my money per se. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the way that I, it's just, I don't know. It's like the way to play the game. I guess. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I need the money in there to play the game. So if it's not in there, I can't play the game. It so chips on a poker table. Yeah. Yeah. So, so stock market money really isn't money to me. Exactly. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like until I take it out, it's not real. So, so I, 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 I have like sort of a detached uh, feeling to it. So to me, it just because it's in there, you know, it could be gone tomorrow. So I don't really right. use it as like, it's a little different now because now I'm retired from fighting. So now it's, you yeah. know, it is my paycheck. No, that money's so. real. How the tables turn. But, but like, yeah, like, like, I don't know, I'm kind of losing my focus here for a second, but, but that's to, to me, that money is not money until it comes out of the market and so i never really thought of it as like being financially ahead because Mm -hmm. because i always just thought of it as as sort of uh uh, detached it from my my actual net worth until it until i actually cashed out got it when you were when you were going through this learning different different strategies you said you bought some fundamental books you bought some technicals books and i believe that you started as a fundamental um, not necessarily an investor, but you would trade on fundamentals. So if a company had, you know, a, 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 a yeah, yeah, balance I, sheet, I, you would say, Hey, I you know what, this thing's not working. Yeah. yeah I, that's what I did. I, 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 I thought I knew how to value a company, you know, kind of, kind of mm-hmm. like I was Warren Buffett or something, except that, except like my time frame was like a week. Right. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, like, like I was a day trader when it went well, and I was like a long-term investor when the, when it when it when my trade sucked, right? The worst right. kind of trading you can do. So yeah. so yeah, but I started that like like I I um I I studied the fundamentals, you know, you know, I like I'm embarrassed to say it now, but I don't even remember most of the fundamental stuff, you know, like right. like 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 uh, what's the EBITDA on this company? I don't freaking know how to figure that out anymore, <laughs> right? But but yeah. uh but um. Uh, yeah, that's what I did. I, I would look at balance sheets. I would, I would, uh, I would listen to the, the, um, the, the calls, you know, the mm-hmm. earnings calls. I would, I would do all that stuff, you know? And then, and then the more I did that, the more I like started to learn 
like how much the stock market is like not about that you know like 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 i like i feel like that's the biggest lie is that is that is that we're valuing companies here you know what i mean like like that's mm-hmm. not that's not what we're doing right we're it's just not and and, and if you want to believe that's what you're doing that's fine but but it it accord you know according to nick lance the professional fighter so don't <laughs> take that with a grain of salt you know but but i think you know the stock market is about positioning it's about it's about making money right mm-hmm. and i think the actual companies are just the chips on the table that we use to to do mm-hmm. that right and so i don't think yeah. the companies themselves are 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 important in that in that unless we're talking about like a really long time and even right. then, well, that's yeah that's I, and, that's, and that's even the only then i'm more think. of like and even then I, I i'm more of a you know like a sorus disciple on that 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 is the reflexivity that that creates mm-hmm. that you understand right. like 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 it's not the actual earnings that did it it's just it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy that the market creates yeah you know so i don't really even believe that the companies themselves that have good stock prices are because of the actual company you know i believe it's because what other people think the company is worth based on certain expectations that then get reflected in the price yeah and then and then and then that in that in return affects reality and then that Mm -hmm. that makes the thing right Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you can look at Tesla, like they don't even sell that many cars. You know, they're kind of a crap piece of crap company. Yet the stock always goes up. Right. And now well, you can pay people in stock options. You can invest. You can you can go to the market. Right. They, all these things are just self-fulfilling prophecies that play out, you know. So so so, uh, you know, like like if I sat in a room with Warren Buffett. Right. I pick his mind on how to value company. Sure. But yeah. But besides a few very elite people that understand, uh, you know, like how to actually do it. And nowadays, right? There's like when an earnings call comes out, some computer figured out all that stuff light years before you even saw it. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. They knew that like all those calculations are already done. So mm-hmm. so 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 I noticed from an early part when I was actually investing my own money that that the fundamentals of companies played very little role and that, and that no matter what happens, right? Like, like a couple years ago, Apple at whatever it is now, let's just say 37 times earnings or whatever the hell it is, right? That would have been pure insanity. Yet now everyone is like, well, it makes sense, right? I mean, COVID and, and you know, like, like it's, it's totally reasonable. You know, the average, the market's at 27 and, and now at Apple, you know, it's a premier company, it's a big tech, you know, so there's, there's a 37 or whatever, you know, I don't even know what the, the numbers are, but, yeah. but, but that's, you know, they, you can, that game plays on forever. So, yeah. so, so yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I, I think most of valuing companies is just luck, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you just happen to like luck into it. And we've been in a bull market for the last whatever, you know, forever. So, yeah. so, you know, if people look at it and say, Hey, you know, I, I bought this bank and it went up a lot. Right. You know, yeah. probably not going to be banks. And when the federal reserve takes over banking in 10, 20 years, you know, so yeah, that's so, a whole nother discussion. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so clearly, clearly you're more of a technical based trader and 
I mean, obviously within, within technicals too, there's some reflexivity where, you know, from, 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 from my perspective, really the only technicals aspect that I have is, is, is chart patterns. And even, even those, you know, I'm not doing intraday stuff. It's more long-term position type trading, classical charting. Um, yep. There's, there, there's reflexivity in that where if enough people believe that a stock price breaking out of a certain resistance level means that there's a higher probability of, of higher prices, if enough people think that, then it's almost, you know, that sort of reflexive, yeah, yeah. reflexive yeah. feedback. So when you, when you talk about fundam- or technicals and going back a little bit, you said that you had a, had an innate gift or talent for kind of spotting these patterns and stuff. What do you mean by that? Like, yeah. what is your, I guess said another way, like, what is your bread and butter strategy right now? Well, I'll go over my, the strategy that I do in the futures markets in, okay. after, after I say this, but, but, okay. but I look at technical analysis sort of like now this isn't my analogy this is one of my mentors analogy he uses poker all the time but but i look at it like that right so if you have a certain pattern if you have a certain breakout if you have a certain look to a thing right you can equate that to like a poker hand mm-hmm. right so like 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 let's say you have a triangle like you know the triangle is going up or whatever and you see the breakout coming right let's just say that's like pocket kings or something right so you make your bet accordingly right on 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 the information that you have so yeah. so I, so I, it's not like i believe that like like I, i'm not looking at rsi divergences you know as mm-hmm. they come up into these things right I, I don't have bollinger bands or anything like that on my on my things i'm just looking at what the market is telling people and who the people with the money how they're going to react to that right? right so so like so like you and me well, we, regardless of how much money we make, we will never affect the market, yeah, right? Never, exactly. right? Yeah. We like, 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 like the people who affect the market, like we're not invited to that party, right? <laughs> we, and we, and we, and, and, and we never will be, right? But yeah. they control the market. So I just try, so, so the technicals, what I try to do is I try to say, I try to say in this situation, can they catch people off guard, right? Can they, can they mess people on? And that's why like a lot of chart patterns I use, I use to fade, I fade them. Right. You know okay. I mean, like, 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 like if I, if there's, if there's a, if there's a rising wedge and we're going to go like, right. Like, 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 it's not like everybody doesn't see that, you know? And mm-hmm. so, and so it, it all that matters is do the people that have the money want to play along and pay everybody? Or is it a time where they don't and they want to smash and take their money real quick and then run it right back up or whatever, you know? Right. And so, and so, and so it's not per se that I use technicals, which I do. I mean, my whole thing is, is, is I, I trade technical patterns. I trade, I trade, um, I trade futures on a, a systematic version. Now I just start, like I, I, I was an option trader forever, but I'm slowly switching to, to only futures. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, like, like I trade like a, a confluent system of um, I watch about 50 stocks during the day and I use that to, to decide where I think the futures markets are going to go. And I trade accordingly to that. Hmm. And yeah, it's, it, 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 it reminds me of uh, Jack Schwager has said a lot of times that it's not necessarily the confirmation of a chart pattern that would make a great signal, but it's actually the failed 
chart pattern that makes for a stronger signal, which goes back to what you were saying about, you know, fading, fading moves, where if a stock's supposed to break out of a, of a, you know, call it an inverse head and shoulders, if it's supposed to break out to the upside and you've got a sharp reversal, that might actually be a better signal than to fade that failed breakout and then take the short side. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, obviously all chart patterns are just, psychological representations on a of 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 human thinking on a chart right yes right so 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 that's all it is and so so it's just it's just we have we just have to examine the psychology of what people are thinking in that moment right and Mm -hmm. and 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 who's the dumb ones and who's the smart ones and we try to be uh, with the smart guys (laughs) so walk me we fail a lot but we try Walk me, walk me through your future strategy and also why, why make the switch from options to futures? Is it just, is it just because of the leverage aspect you get, you, you can kind of get more for less capital? No, I, no, I, I made more money in options. So, so trade hmm. switching to futures has been, uh, um, it has been a, uh, it has set me backwards, right? Hmm. Like I, I am a profitable futures trader, but nowhere near what I am as an options swing trader. But um, uh, COVID, I made a lot of money during COVID, yeah. but the stress was not worth it, right? <laughs> the stress of holding an options book through COVID was- I can't imagine. <laughs> no, absolutely not, right? Like, like I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I was like, it was, it was horrid, you know what I mean? Both like, on like, the long and short like, side? Yeah, both, both, yeah. So, so, so um, the stress of swing trading to me uh, it started to be less worth it. And, and I wanted, I want, I, I have kids, you know, being a father is one of the most important things to me, you know, being a good husband, being a, a, a good teammate. So these things are all important to me. And I was noticing that, that uh, even though I was making money, I wasn't, I didn't feel like it was improving my life. Hmm. And so the shorter term we get in trading, the, I feel like the more control we have. Right. I yep. feel like that's the biggest illusion or the th- people like to think it's the opposite they, that like in the short term, we don't know what's going to happen. Right. But in the long term, mm-hmm. we do. And it's actually the opposite. The, the farther we go out, just by basic logic, the, 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 le- the less we're going to know, the yes. more things that can happen. Right. Yeah. So. So um, and then I met I, I, I uh I met um, some very profitable futures traders and uh, they were able to make day trading what I was making uh, swing trading, you know, like hmm. easy. Right. Yeah. And so I know a lot of guys that, that can, you know, easily clear, you know, one, two, $300,000 a day, you know, wow. like, 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 Damn. like not every day, but they, they right. have those days. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, why stress of the swing trading? Mm-hmm. Why, live in like especially options because now now i'm stuck right 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 at at five o'clock i'm freaking stuck so (laughs) so so i'm stuck in these things until 9 30 in the morning right and so so god knows what can happen and trust me i lived through a lot of really unfortunate things happening like that yeah you know or that 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 like it's like it's like it's like you you value a company you do the the technicals you do everything and then the ceo sleeps with somebody Right. And you're like, you're like, well, like, well, how the hell was I supposed to know that? Right. Like, and, and then it <laughs> that's not in your DCF options, model. <laughs> yeah. Right. And now my options are useless. Yep. So, so, so like why stress that when you can make just as much more money 
day mm -hmm. trading. And yeah. so the elite day traders make far more than swing traders. And yeah. so that, so, so people don't know that, but, but it's the truth. So, 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 you know, I'm pretty, I, I take the occasional swing, but I'm pretty much flat at the end of every day. And, mm -hmm. and eventually I would, I would say within a year, I will make far more money than I ever did with options doing it that way. And at, at four o'clock, or if I want to take the day off, right. Say, say, say my, my daughter misses me one day, right. I'll just say, fuck it. I ain't going to trade today. Yeah. If I have a whole options book, I can't say that. Right. Cause right? you're like, I, I got to these screens, of, <laughs> right. If I have a whole bunch of swings, I can't say that. Yeah. Right. So, 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 so which one is better? And, and once I learned that, that the money is, is not only just as good, but better. Yeah. Well, I, 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 that seems like the, the far superior choice. That's interesting because when I take, and obviously I'm not some of them. So the only, the only options I do right now are long-term. So just like deep out of the money, you know, if I'm trading, like if it's 2020 right now or 2021 right now, yeah. I'm trading, you know, I'm buying 2023 calls and just kind of using that as like a large position long-term trade. So I don't really swing trade options, but if I do swing trades, you know, technical based patterns, I'll, I'll use the equities and I'll just, you know, put in, put in my buy order, put in my stop. And for me yeah. coming, coming from this perspective, it kind of frees me up not to always look at my screens which is interesting because from an options perspective, what you're telling me is if you've got this swing swing book on, you have to look at the screens where I'm thinking if I'm day trading and I've tried, you know, doing some day trading stuff on the futures. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've used Al Brooks or looked at any of Al Brooks price action stuff like that. Um, but I find myself, if I did that or during the times that I did that, I was always glued to the screen for eight hours. Yeah. So are you saying like when you day trade, it's like, you know, once you hit your certain daily amount, that you know you kind of go away from the screen or how do you how do you balance that screen time when you're day trading well i just sit in front of the computer for eight hours right well there this, you go this is what i do yeah and, and if and, and and if if i want to do something i just don't trade got it yeah so 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 that's it yeah so so uh yeah day trading uh again it requires more time than swing trading right mm -hmm. the, the the preparation the the uh the the ability you know like like all these things uh they take up a lot of time and, and but that's okay because you know like like I, I mean they can't see it but but i'm in like a little lofted area so so my whole family is around me all the time you know yeah. so 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 i'm not hidden away you know i can do whatever i want you know and mm -hmm. and 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 i function better when i'm busy right i like i like to be busy i like right. it right it. right it's like yeah. it's like it's like i have a natural need to do things and so that that's what the stock market gives me, right? So at first it became the ability to not overtrain because I could keep my mind occupied, right? My mind can run all day, 24 hours, yep. you know, 24, seven, 365, my body couldn't. So that's what the stock market gave me. And it still gives me that. So, mm -hmm. so, so, uh, yeah, that like, like it, it, I spend ungodly amounts of time trading, but I like it. Yeah. Like and you, and you, and you never get, you never get burned out mentally because I know, like, I understand what the physical burning out feels like. I mean, especially gosh, if you're, if you're wrestling and fighting, you know, eight, nine hours a day, but at some yeah. level, do you, do you get mentally burned out and you got to take time off? Not really. Right. I think that's the crazy part, you know, not yeah. really. Yeah. Not really. I, 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 I don't, you know, um, I, I, 
my wife likes to joke, you know, she's like, if Nick's not working 16 hours a day, like he's not in a good mood, you know? So, so that's always how I've been, you know, it's just, it's just who I am. I just, yeah. I just really like to do it. I like to do things, you know? And so, and so the stock market is great because it gives me that ability and I get to make money and I get to take care of my family and I get to do everything, you know, it's, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate game, except that right. I actually get paid. Yeah. Now, are you using when you're day trading, um, you know, let's call it the S and P 500 futures yep. or whatever. Um, are you trading like minute charts, five minute charts? What's the deal? Oh, I have a lot of charts. I have a lot of charts. <laughs> let's see. I, I, you can, I will show you. I, was about to say, I can, I can, see, I can I have, see a little bit. Damn. Look at that I, setup. I, I, <laughs> you got more monitors of... than I have like watch list tickers on my trading view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i have i have i have uh i have i have a lot of screens i have the equivalent of 10 screens so so um yeah i have a lot i watch a lot so so but um yeah i watch i watch so i watch a variety of stocks so so i chart a variety of stocks i chart i chart in and i watch those stocks based on uh how they uh equate and move the indexes or whatever the indices mm -hmm. right so like so like i have apple microsoft google amazon you know xlv xlk um uh, xlv xlf i watch all the major banks uh visa mastercard paypal so i watch all these during the day and i chart the levels and and um i watch like you know uh, lo like long-term short-term pivot points things like that and I, I wait for the confluence of a system to, when they're all in either like ready to sell or ready to buy, I therefore buy the index that they would affect the most. So, the, so that's, that's, how, that's how I trade, you know? So that's not my method, right? That's my mentor's, Tim's method, um, his mentor, Dave. So, so I'm not responsible for creating that method, but um, that's, that's how I trade. Yeah, that's, that, that's how I trade the futures markets. Got it. I took some time trying to learn Al Brooks price course again. And I mean, some of the, some of the things, and it's, you know, it's, 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 it's good because on one hand, like I'm a very much a fundamental value type investor where, you know, I'd like yeah. to take, I'd like to study a company and then take a bet that in five years, this stock is going to be worth way more than it is today. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. it's, but I think it's healthy and necessary to talk to people like you that have made good money and make a, make a consistent, good living doing day trading. Because I think sometimes as value investors, we get, we get pigeonholed into this uh, echo chamber where, you know, value investing is the only way and you can't make money doing anything else. And it's just not the truth. There's people like yeah, you, yeah, there's yeah. people, you know, I've got, I've got friends, I've got mentors that do it completely differently than I do. And they make a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. And you, you, you know, you have to trade to what your, your psychology and your personality fits, right? Everyone can't be day traders, just like everyone can't be athletes. Right. Like, yeah. like you have to pick what, what you fit in. Right. Right. I, I learned very early that I can't be a fundamental investor because it pisses me off too much when it doesn't go where it's supposed to. Right. I know the company's <laughs> worth money and people don't want it. It pisses me off. Yeah. And maybe I can buy more at low prices, but I already spent all the money on it in the first place. Right. Cause I put too much in. <laughs> right? Yep. So. Speaking of, speaking of making you pissed off, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is how shorting. And if you, if you short too much, it can actually turn you into 
in your words, kind of a different animal where you see the world differently. You're way more pessimistic. And I think this is interesting because you said, you know, if you, if you short long enough, you'll turn into a different person and you'll start not really liking how you, how you act. What do you, what do you mean by that? I think if you're a long-term shorter, so it's like, that's what you do. Like you short stocks, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You don't use technicals. You don't use anything. Like if you like in my day trading, I, I'm long or short all day. Right. Yeah. But I don't have like a physical attachment to the E mini. Right. right. I'm not I'm <laughs> like, like, I'm not thinking like, Oh, if the E mini goes down, like, like people are losing their fortunes and stuff. Right. I'm not thinking like that. Right. Right. But, but if you're, if you're shorting stocks, right. And you, and so you're, that's what you do. You short stocks. Right you're going to start wishing for horrible things to happen. You're gonna, and and there's no way to avoid it because I've been there and I've done it. Right. Right. So let's say, let's say you're short Apple, right? Yeah. In the back of your mind, you're going to be like, man, I hope Tim Cook just does something terrible. Right. I hope he kills somebody. (laughs) Right. 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 Like, and you're not going to really want that to happen, but you are a little bit right. There's a little bit, that's good. You're going to want something bad to happen, right? You're going to, yeah. you want something to bring that freaking stock down. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so just in general, if you do that for a long time, that's going to cite, that's going to meant, that's going to, that's going to get you mentally. And if, yeah. if you ever known people that short all the time, they're stressed as hell. They, and, and, and they're just, they, they, they just, they're, they're not good people. They're not having fun. They're certainly, they hate, they, they always hate the market. Yeah. Right. They, they can't stand it. Right. Right. They can't freaking stand the fed. Right. Right. Like they just hate everything that makes the market go up. So, so, yeah. so, so you just become like a curmudgeon. And usually what happens to shorts is they just lose all their money and become paper traders on Twitter. But for the ones that actually make money, you know, like what a miserable life just to go around hunting for failure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I just, I just, I just can't see that being fun. Like, like you're going to write a big, paper and you're just gonna your whole mission in life is to just run around and find people ripping people off like and, and you can like you can for so long you can you can talk about like the sanctity of the markets and stuff but the, the truth of the matter is is you want the stock to go down mm-hmm. right and you don't care how it goes down in the long run yeah. right when you're yeah. talking about feeding your family when you're talking about buying your house or or paying your bills right you don't care how that stock goes down yeah and so no. so so you'd much rather have the ceo cheat on his wife than actually have yeah. a company do bad because it's, it's stock will go down faster. Yeah. So, 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 so that's where I think that um, the psychology of being a long time short um, is, is detrimental to your health. Yeah. And I think a, a great, a great depiction of this for those that may not understand is the, in the, in the movie, big short uh, Steve Carell plays a character, Mike, Mike Baum, I think. Um and Mike Baum is, it's actually not the name. I forget who the actual investor was. I mean, he's some really well-known, well-known investor. Um, but during the whole movie, this character, Mike Baum, is just pessimistic, hates his life. His marriage is failing. And it's, it's, it's exactly like how you say it. Like, he's always looking for the, the thing that can go wrong. And like, what's the, yeah. what's the thing that's going to crash the whole thing? Um, especially when you've got a market that, right. It's, 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 it's biased to the upside. So the, the, the common argument against shorting is, oh, well, you're going, you know, you're betting against the U S capitalist structure. You're betting against American yeah. progress and stuff like that. And I mean, whether, whether that's true or not, I think there's pockets of fraud where you, you know, you can profitably expose that in the aggregate. 
I think it, it's, 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 it's like you said, it's, it's just this insufferable uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, right? It's, it's hard. Like, like the, the smartest people on the street are shorts, right? Cause they have to be, cause they have to know everything about fucking everything. (laughs) Otherwise they're going to lose all their money. Right. Like, like what, a, I mean, I just don't understand it, you know, and, and yeah. I've played the short side and actually I, I've told people in the past, right. Like, like um, if you look at my options career, I, I don't, I hate to call it a career because I certainly am. I don't claim to be any professional trader at this level. I'm going to be a very, very good trader one day, but I'm mm-hmm. not that yet. You know, hmm. so I sure, I sure I make money, but I know for a fact that I have a lot of work to do and I'm and, and, and stuff like that. But like, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it's, it's no good. Yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned in a, in the Tesla charts podcast that, and this is, this is talking about kind of the wall street bets crowd and maybe, maybe getting to kind of the sentiment that we're seeing today. Um, you, you kind of used wall street bets as an umbrella term for figuring out how to profit off people's breaking points which I think is just yep. a perfect analogy for, you know, whether you're, you're trying to get someone to submit inside the octagon where you're just like waiting for them to give up or waiting for them to tap. And the way yep. you say that about markets is, you know, if stock goes down, a lot of these quote unquote diamond hand holders will say, Oh, this is just a normal, you know, pullback. This is just a blip. If it goes down 10%, Oh, this is a healthy correction. But then once it goes down 20% plus now you, you know, to kind of go with this UFC uh, analogy. Now you're yeah. really starting to get, you know, some, some, some pressure in the neck on the chokehold, so to speak. Um, you know, what do you, what do you mean kind of by figuring out these, these people's breaking points and maybe there's lessons for those listening, um, you know, to learn kind of where their own breaking points might be. Well, yeah, the stock market is all, like I said, it's all about positioning, you know, whether you want to agree with me or not, that's what I believe. I believe the stock market is all about just positioning. And so and so the entire purpose of the stock market is to frustrate you out of your money, right? That's, that's its purpose. Its purpose is to frustrate you out of the money so the really smart people, the people with all the money can keep them all the money, right? Yeah. And so, and so that's the goal. And so, and so if you look, almost always what happens is if a stock goes down, right, you'll have... And, and like I said, a lot of these aren't my ideas, right? This is like my, one of my mentor Dave's ideas, but, but he explains it very well. It's like, if a stock is going straight down, right? You're going to have responsive buyers, right? Someone, some alco, someone is saying, oh, you know, this company at this value, I'm okay owning it here, even if it goes down, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to go up initially. Then it's that, that, that buyer is going to fade away and it's going to start to fade down. And then you're going to get the retail crowd is going to come in. And they're going to start buying it because they're like, oh, I get another chance to get in, right? And then as they buy it, it'll go up a little, but then it's going to go down until it stops those people out. And so a lot of times what you'll have is you'll have a divergence down lower than the initial low, right? Mm -hmm. And then once all those retail are stopped out, then the smart money is going to come in and buy it, right? And And so that's how the whole market works. The whole market is just a way to frustrate uh, people who don't have a system, people who can't detach themselves from their money, people who don't know what they're doing, uh, mm-hmm. retail, um, uh, uh, people who are out of position, the professionals who are out of position and, 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 and the other professionals see blood in the water, you know, so they just capitalize on it. Right. Yep. And so that's what, that's what it all is. You know, it's just 
that's why the that's why the market moves you know up and down you know no matter what direction it goes it's always up and down and that's the 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 how it plays out right you have you have that responsive buyer that will buy it regardless yeah because they think that price is correct then you have like once they go away the stocks start to go down or they continue to go up or whatever direction we'll just say down because it's easier to visualize then it goes down then you have retail saying oh i get another chance to get back in right we make it go lower they all say oh crap i was wrong they bail and now the real money could come in and we can yeah. buy it and we can strong make money, hands right? come in. Yeah. And then yeah. it's only the strong yeah. so, hands so, left so, at the table. So, 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 you know, that's, 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 that entire psychology is, is I think a hundred percent of the market, right? Yeah. I think, I think that's what controls everything. And so if you're able to see um, visually, that's what charts are for, you know, to see, to see what's happening visually. Cause right. Cause price doesn't move like on a chart price only goes up or down. Yeah. So, so it doesn't like go to up and to the right, you know, it just doesn't do that. It goes up or down. Some people think. So, yeah. 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 So, so, so it can only, there's only two options. And so, you know, like I said, we, it plays out in that psychology. And if you can see the psychology in the chart, then obviously we can, um, we can predict, we don't know. We never know. That's one of the things that like, if, if, if everybody should know is like, none of us know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. there's so many things that go into the stock market. It's unknowable, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many things that like, like that, that could happen that, that, that we don't know what's going to happen. So, so all as we know is chances are retail is never going to win. Right. We know that, right. That might be the only thing we know that, that the retail (laughs) is always going to get fucked. Right. That's that's the thing we know. So, so we don't want to be on the side of the retail. Right. And so we have mm-hmm. to think psycho- psychologically where their breaking points are. Right. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking long term, like I said, like you used to quote it, like, like it's, it's simplified, but it makes sense. Right. If you go down 10%, there's a logical thing that says, oh, no, this is just a correction. Right. As we start getting closer to 20% in that bear market, that's scary. Yeah. Right. And when, and, and, and like, and like I've, I've had plenty of stocks that went down 10% that, that went up like 100% later. Right. Mm-hmm. I have very few that like, where I bought it and it went down 20%. And I didn't think like, whole, you know, I was like, I think yeah. I might be wrong here. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And of course, you know, you sell it and you, you sell it and you bottom ticket. Right. Right. Yep. Cause that, cause that, cause, cause then you're retail, you're, you're the prey. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, you're the, you're the animal running for its life. And the hunter's just sitting up in a tree ready to shoot you. Right. Yep. right? And so, and so, and so it's, that's what, so as long as you position yourself. So in those situations, you could think rationally you're going to be okay. Hmm. But, but did you, that's uh, what I'm talking about the breaking point. Did you, and the only reason I ask this is because I think this is a perfect, you know, concoction of these, these lessons in terms of breaking points, figuring out where people's pain points are. Did you trade the entire GameStop madness or did you kind of sit on the sidelines for all that and just kind of watch in awe at what was going on? Well, actually, I was in Abu Dhabi, so I didn't. Oh, I didn't trade it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> Probably so, good thing. So, 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 yeah, I was. I was in Abu Dhabi, so, I, so, so, I, I wasn't trading. I was worried about fighting, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't trade that. But I've traded all kind. Of, you know, like that's one of the things that I think. Um, right, there's a GameStop every day, right? Just hmm. people don't know about it, right? There's some yeah. stock that's just raging for no freaking reason, right? Yep. Because they caught some shorter there and some short squeezer or something's happening, you know, like usually it doesn't like work on GameStop, you know, and that's, you know, um, 
I actually tweeted this the other day, I'm getting a little off topic, but I said, I have a hard time understanding the like psychology of like chasing stocks, right? I would yeah. never see a stock go from like 10 to 500 and think I should buy that. Right. That, that, just, that, yeah. just, that just never has gone through my head. Right. Yep. Right. Like, like, just, just mind boggling to me. Yeah. Right. But, but I know a lot of traders that trade that trade like that. Right. They, they buy it anyways. And then it, it doubles again. Right. Because they're good traders. Right. Yeah. Like it's all about that, the psychology, but no, I, I did not take place in that, but, but um, especially in the options world, I, I, that kind of behavior happens all the time. You know, mm, so there's, there's, there's always some option that's raging a thousand percent or, or a thousand times or something, you know, there's somebody out there every day that buys some call option out of the money that goes 500 times, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah. there's somebody out there doing that all the time. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, so, so I, it, it didn't shock me and, and, and anyone who traded the, the COVID lows and as it's went up, you know, there was, you could feel it in the market, you know, you could, hmm. There was something different like that, like, like, like before that, like, like people were spending stim checks and, and that became common knowledge. Like, like just, if you were in the market, you felt this weird behavior, right? Mm. You felt this like irrational presence make its way into the market. And you're like, wow. and, and like, and certain pullbacks like didn't last like how they're supposed to. Right. Cause like, like, like people who have been in the market long enough, like and I don't claim to be like, like I said, I never claim to be a, a good trader or anything, but if you're in the market long enough, you know, it's like, it's like, we all agree to like, like there's certain rules, like, like, you know, like don't kick each other in the nuts and, and don't right, poke people right. in the eyes. Right. 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 <laughs> we kind of have like these things. It's like, like if a stock is going to correct a little bit, like don't buy it when it goes down 0.1 right like like like, let's, like let let's it let all, it fall <laughs> yeah let's just all collectively agree right to not <laughs> jump in at the very first sign of weakness right we all kind of like we all kind of like pat each other on the back and say okay yeah we'll yeah. give it to you we'll give it to yeah. you you know but but these guys these cats they don't do it you know they you know it was down for one like like i was trading stocks and like stocks i had traded a long time ea was one of them i i yeah. I, I traded ea all the time and i i I mean, I had, I, I, I had a feeling for EA, right? Like, like I know how it trades cause I've traded it so much and like it didn't, nothing mattered, right? Like no news, no nothing. Like they just bought it no matter what. Like, like we were having days where like, like, like a stock wouldn't go down for like 20 days in a row. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like just, it's just stupid stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, like stupid stuff. And so, and so like I started noticing and it made me uncomfortable. Like I st I felt like an old man. Cause I was like, you know, what are these fucking idiots doing in here? You know, like, like, don't they know, you know, don't they know a pullback is know? at least 10%. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they know that stocks go down, you know, instead of being like a, instead of being like freaking rational and just buying it. Right. Right. And just be like, okay, well go ahead. You know, pay yeah. right. No, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there fighting the market, trying to shorten stuff for a little bit, you know, and, and, and I got ran over a few times before it dawned on me, like, Hey, there's this, there's something different happening here. Right. And that's one of the reasons that I've gotten away from options because I feel like the world um, knows what an option is now, right? Before hmm. people didn't really understand options and now yeah. they still don't understand options, but they buy them and fuck up the whole market, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? right? So now you have people coming in irrationally buying call options and stuff. And, and you know, like they're part of convexity squeezes and they don't even know what convexity means. So- <laughs> So, so, 
you have like this, this, this retail generation that, that refuses to do work. Right. Mm, yeah. And, and the thing, the thing I learned about the stock market too, is that, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't just hurt you right away. Right. It let, it pays you. Right. It does. Right. It does. It, it pays you for, for sometimes years for sometimes mm. years, these things can go on for years. Like the, the NASDAQ original bubble, right. The, the tech bubble that went on for a long time. I know. I know. Right. And a like long with, time, with, like and people, with, with people, Twitter people now. Yeah. Like I was, like, I was, I was just saying like with Twitter, it's just, we, 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 we live in a world where weeks feel like months because we're constantly getting the latest news. So like, I can't imagine like what, you know, going from 99 to 2001, how long that would feel in a social media crazed world. Yeah. It would be, it'd be awful, you know, and, 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 and you have to learn how to adapt in order. That's, that's the other thing in the market that I learned is um, that's why I started getting away from options because it was frustrating me. Yeah. Right. It was frustrating me that, that, that like everything was just going up. Right. And I know that can't last forever, but I, I personally can't tell you when it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. Right. So you just have to be part of it. Right. So I was just like, I'm a bear, like, like the market. Now I look at it as kind of like, like an old man, like, 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 like a bearish person, but, but I can't be that person because it's yeah. going to continue to go up. So I yeah. have to adapt. Right. I can either mm-hmm. be a grumpy old person and just bitch on Twitter all the time. Or I can adapt my trading style, and that's what that's what that's why more and more I switch to the shorter and shorter time frames hmm. because there the market plays out in a way that is predictable. I think, or at least at least at least the odds are at least sometimes in your favor versus the yeah. long term. We don't know what retail, what stimulus, what Fed, what thing, and eventually all that shit's gonna blow up. You know, yeah. you can't just pile on debt. And then, and then hope for inflation. Like those two things don't even go together. Like, like massive debt is deflationary. And now we have like the government just agreeing to spend money. So there's a lot of macro ideas that, that right now we haven't really been a part of for a long time, you know, Mm -hmm. like, 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 like where we have to like actually talk about jubilees and stuff like that. And if you think you have an edge on when we're going to have a debt jubilee, you're nuts. Right. You're yeah. Nuts. I mean, that, you that, don't know. that game, that game is way <laughs> above my pay grade and will, 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 will forever be. Um, I mean, this, this, this has been a really, really cool conversation and it's, and it's, and it's so interesting because on, on, on face value, you see someone like yourself, that's a UFC fighter. And a lot of people would kind of discount you in the sense of if you were a UFC fighter, then you must be one dimensional and UFC must be the only thing you do. And yeah, well, you know, what I, what I like about this conversation is that, you know, clearly it's not the case. You've, you've, you've trained yourself, you've educated yourself, you know, you're doing these other hobbies, you're actually finding these passions that you're good at. Um, but I do want to kind of close and kind of go back to your days in the UFC. And, you know, now that you're retired, what are, what are some of the biggest things that you miss about fighting about UFC, about the whole process um, that you don't have in your life now? Well, the, the most thing that I would miss that I don't think I'll miss because I'm a coach with the same team is I would just miss my friends. I would miss, I would mm-hmm. miss the camaraderie. I would miss the challenge. I would miss um, a lot of the things that the stock market will provide for me. You know, the challenge, the, the, the mental thing, the, the, the losing, you know, like, 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 yeah. like the ups and downs, you know, that's, that's, an, that's uh, the ups and downs and fighting are hard. 
a man, yeah. the joys of fighting are, are so profound, you know, to put three months of your life, every hour of the day, physically diet, mentally, and to go out there and sacrifice your health and your well being and you win, you know, I mean, it's very yeah. hard to, 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 to duplicate that. Yeah. That I mean, the emotion, adrenaline, right? like, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine just like from a carnal perspective, going in with all that training, and then just like knocking someone out just a straight yeah. KO, like, like that's gotta be yeah. the pinnacle of, of carnal adrenaline, testosterone feelings. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, and so, and so I'm sure I'll miss that competing. You know, I, I'm mm-hmm. sure I will miss that. I, I, I do believe that the market will give me some of that back, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, I, in general, you know, like, like, no, I feel like an old person saying this, but now I'm a coach and stuff and I got to say shit like this, but, but in general, you know, most, most of the things that you value are, are, are not the titles. It's not the money. It's the process that it took to get there. You know what I mean? And, and all the ups mm-hmm. and downs. And, um, I, I always didn't have the best relationship with fighting, right? Fighting is a very unfair game. It, a lot of it is politics and a lot of it, I got screwed a lot um, being the better fighter, but not getting the fights that I needed because I wasn't as popular or, 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 or I liked the stock market versus monster energy drinks or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, 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 like I got screwed like that in my career and stuff. And, um, but it's, 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 it's the learning. It's, it's, it's becoming the person that I am, that I valued the most in fighting. Right. Cause, cause fighting created me right? I like to think I'm a good father. I have, I have children. I have a wife. Um, I'd like to think I learned so much from it that, yeah. that um, I, I'm taking all that with me. And so there's not much that I'm going to miss from the actual fighting itself, but just that journey I can never get back, right? Yeah. It's gone. And yeah. so now I'm on to the next phase and um, I'm thankful for it. But I think in the long run, maybe that's what I'll miss. I'll miss the inability to go back and uh, be a nobody and turn myself into somebody. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, that's powerful. That's, 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 that's really powerful. It's almost like rolling the stone uphill just to push it back down. So, so, so you can roll it up again. Is there, is, is there anybody you wish you would have fought during your career that you didn't get a chance to, I mean, maybe that's a long list, but is you know, but is there anybody that you would have been like, you know what? I really think I could have taken him and it would have been a hell of a fight. No, not really. Um, anyone who's fought for a long fighting, the, fighting is a lot like the stock market in the sense that that a lot of people think they understand it, but they don't, yeah. right? So, so, so the people that that like there, there's there's a list of people that people think are the best. They're not the best. There's a list of people that people think that like that all fighting is all about matchups, right? It's about right. it's about how your style matches up with somebody else, right? There are people that won world titles that I would kick their ass. And there are people in this world that will never make it to the UFC. There are absolute nobodies that would probably beat me, right? Yeah. Just because our styles don't match up correctly. Right. So, right. so, so um, it, a lot of it is publicity. A lot of it hmm. is, is, is media. It's a, it's a creation in yeah. order to, to, to show people what they think they want to see. Right. And so there are, there are exceptional athletes in the UFC, right? There's, you know, like, like, a, like the best of the best. Yeah, like those guys are really good fighters, right? But I don't think there's anyone in my weight where like 
if we were in like a fight today and and we both trained that I don't have a chance of beating, right? Maybe Hmm. they're, maybe they would beat me more often than I beat them, but I really don't think there's anyone in the world that on a certain day I couldn't beat. So I think I have the abilities to do that. I mean, maybe not now because I'm half blind, but, but before that, (laughs) before that, (laughs) but yeah, before that, I think, I think, uh, I think stylistically, there's a lot of guys that I could have beat, but but I don't even look at it like that, right? Because because uh, to me, fighting was an end to a means. It was a way to to yeah. create a family. It was a way to make money, and um, it 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 was never about being a tough guy. It was never about yeah. being famous. It was yeah. never about any of those things. It was just a way for someone to come from humble beginnings and uh, get an opportunity in life that they probably would have never had any other way. Right. That's fantastic. Um, you know, I love, I love that answer. And, you know, kind of the last two questions I have, where can people go to find out more about you? I know you're on Twitter. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've got a pretty good following. I think you've got, you know, at least over 30,000 followers there, but, uh, for people that don't know where, where, where can they find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. I mean, I actually, I used to have a lot more followers, but I stopped doing it because I didn't want, I, I don't like too many followers <laughs> right now. Now I'm, I'm no longer in the public eye. Like it was funny, right? When I retired, um, I got my, my, I got blown up by reporters and stuff. They're like, Hey, you want to talk about your retirement? You want to do this? So like, hell no. Right. I'm retiring from this shit. Right. 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 I don't want any part of that. So, so there's nothing I like more than talking to like-minded people, mm-hmm. um, or people who have appreciated my talents and my career in fighting yeah. and stuff. But in general, um, fame is something that, uh, I would prefer to stay away from. And so, yeah. and so like social media and stuff, I think, yeah, like I don't, so, so I guess what I'm saying is like, like if you want to follow me and, and, you know, like, like talk about stocks and stuff. I think that would be great. I would love to talk to you, but um, like, like building my brand or, 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 or building um, up myself and, and, and my presence and all this stuff. This is something that I, I thank God I've retired from. And so yeah. I look, I look forward into being into the, the, to the background for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's again, that's powerful. I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're bringing these haymakers right at the end. Um, the, <laughs> so, so, so the closing question I've got, which I, which I ask everybody is if you could have dinner with one person and this can be from the past or the present, who would it be and why? You can't you know, say Conor McGregor. So Yep. Well, I would never say that anyways, <laughs> but, 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 um, uh, this is weird because, um, I always thought this was like a defect of me is, is there's nobody that like, I, I specifically look up to, or, or I think like, I, I really want to know that person or, or am infatuated with their fame or anything. Um, I've never, had that thing and everyone i've really wanted to know in life has just been um someone with liked interests stuff like that you know so so most of the guys i have reached out to you know like like now one of my stock trading mentors is tim right i really wanted to know him so i reached out to him right and and, and in modern society you can reach out to anybody right (laughs) right and so and so i've i've used my career and stuff to to do that like like uh my presence on social media is like um I try to find really smart people Mm -hmm. and I just reach out to them on Twitter or online 
and offer them a trade you know it's like hey what can i do for you if you want to talk to me or you can help me out and so yeah so i've never had anybody say no everyone has always been willing to help me and so there really isn't anybody that like i specifically want to have dinner with and stuff because those people i have already reached out to and and i have developed relationships with them i've i've taken the the thing you know to to do that you know i mean i mean you could be like really like cheesy and stuff but i would love if I could really go back and talk, you know, I would, I would talk to myself as like a kid and, and hmm. I was younger and like, just kind of like, you know, be like, Hey, you know, like, like this shit works out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, 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 like life is good, bro. Like, so just get through these phases, you know, and uh, yeah, everything will work out. So that, that would be, I know it's cheesy and cliche, but that's what I would do. That's what well, no one, no one said that answer. And I think that that's, that's actually more, <laughs> that's actually more important than you would think is, 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 is taking yourself at, at your vulnerable points and, and knowing what you know now is saying, look, it's going to be okay. Like you're going to get through it no matter how much it sucks. You're going to get through it. Um, I love this, Nick, this was such an awesome conversation. I'm so glad we got to connect. And, uh, you know, every time, every time I watch some UFC, I'm going to be thinking of you and thinking, man, you know, what, what, what would Nick do? How would he attack this? And, uh, you know, if I, if I, if I ever get back into day trading some futures, um, I'll definitely hit you up with some trade ideas and some questions for sure. For sure, man. Thank you. It's nice.